Hi, I'm Paola. And I'm Joe. Welcome back to Azina Podcast. Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about episode 2 of season 1, Chariots of War. It aired on September 11 of 1995. The Netflix synopsis says, A wounded Xena is taken in by, and quite taken by, a kindly pacifist Trojan whose village is besieged by an evil warlord. We hope you guys enjoy this episode, and let's get to it. You want to start off or what? Yeah. So, I think what's going to, what might be a trend in the show, and it is only the second episode, so it's kind of hard to tell, but uh, it seems like whenever Xena has some kind of love interest character, all, all, all of their conversation, especially their initial conversation, is entirely composed of innuendo. Yeah, I noticed that too. I thought that, at first I thought it was just me. But then, like, it went on, and, like, the things that they were saying got more and more suggestive, and I was like, oh, no, they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think it's it's that level of cheese and camp that that Xena has that is going to... It tells me it's gonna it's just going to keep going on that way yeah. for the entire show. It's really funny, because, like, sometimes I... When, when we're watching the show, I think, like, a lot of things are really cheesy about it, and... So, most of the times I just, like, attribute it to the time that the show was made. But I never, like, think about them doing it intentionally. And sometimes I, like, they do something stupid or really silly and I feel bad laughing at it. Because I'm like, that's just TV in that time, you know? Like, I don't want to be an asshole. Because this is a pretty old show. But I think, like, what you said makes sense. Like, there's some of the things that are doing on purpose, kind of. Well, I mean, I think it's... I when it, it when it does have, like, cheese and camp it's it's pretty i think it's probably self-aware um it's it's not so old that like it just thinks that's good writing i don't think they thought it was good writing in in that way i think they were like intentionally self-aware of the of how cheesy and campy they were being wrote down a few gems a few gems from the whole like sexual innuendo yeah okay so um when she has an arrow stuck in her and he's supposed to, like, help her take it out. The first thing he says is, I've never done this before. <laughs> and then Xena says, don't worry, I have. I have, yeah. <laughs> and then she tells him to put his poker in the fire. He sticks he sticks the arrow all the way through. And then he breaks off the the arrowhead. I mean, that... That's not. <laughs> that doesn't... But then she says, pull out the shaft. <laughs> one that I was like, I think that's the one that made me realize, I was like, okay, this is not just me, this, like, they're doing this on purpose. <laughs> and then, after after he does all that, he goes, thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And, like, throughout that whole thing, too, I mean, they do, like, cutaways of her, like, reacting to him, like, taking stuff out, and do, but, like, relatively, she looks, like, pretty chilled for, you know... Having been stabbed, I thought that was kind of funny, too. Yeah. And, and like, when he brings the, the hot poker over to, like, cauterize her wound, like, he's go- he walks over to her, and then she, like, she grabs the hot poker. Like, it's obviously not hot, because she yeah. just grabs it like it's normal. and then like I thought it was just a tip that was hot. Yeah, but metal, like, if you heat one part of metal, yeah. it tra- it tra- the heat travels through it pretty quick. That makes sense. There was a part... In kind of the beginning, before the whole sexual tension innuendo situation, before she gets um, 
shot by the arrow, um, there's like a really cool move that she does that's like a seesaw move. I don't know if you remember that. Where no. she like, there's like a plank and she lands on one side of it and there's like one of the enemy dudes oh, on the yeah. other side. And she like does it twice. I thought that uh-huh. was so neat. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah, some of the, the like, battle choreography, as, like, bad as it's, like, shot, yeah, and, like, it's... as bad as the effects are, like, the choreography is really cool. Yeah. Like, the way that they, like, do the shots where, like, they're, you can see kind of a wide shot of them fighting, and then it goes to, like, a close-up of Xena, mm-hmm. and, like, you can tell it's Lucy Lawless, and she's doing some stunt work, but um, even if it's just, like wide shot of, like, overall fight and then close-up of, like, her face. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of editing, like, a lot of tri- trickery in the editing that makes it look, like, way better than it probably actually is. Right. Which is really cool. Yeah. And if you don't pay attention, you won't notice that, like... Yeah, because it, it goes by fast, too. Like, they go cut, cut, cut. Like, there's no... Like, they hold a wide shot for a very short amount of time and then they cut to the next thing and it keeps, like, the fight going and it, like... It makes it harder to see, you know, when there's a stunt double or... I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. And and also, like, the, the quick cutting makes you feel like like the battle itself is, like, happening really fast and there's lots of action, you know? I think I'm always going to kind of compare this show to Buffy because they're in the same kind of realm of, like, fantasy fiction. Yeah. And they, they both same have female time, lead. And, female lead. Yeah. Um, the stunt choreography and editing of Xena is much better than the editing and stunt choreography of Buffy. Oh, okay. Like even though Buffy comes a little bit later. Yeah, even though Buffy, which I think is really amazing. Like the show is just really well made compared to Buffy, and they have. I feel like even though Xena has like, um, like more rigorous kind of fight scenes, they're much better choreographed and like shot. Um, compared to Buffy, because, like, Buffy, she fights most most of the time, like, one vampire at a time, and, like, you can still tell that it's a stunt double. Like, they don't mm-hmm. pay as much attention. It was Buffy, right, that we saw one time she was, like, like climbing on something. She was, like, on, like, she was doing, like, monkey bars, you know? Oh, yeah. Of something, and you just see, like, massive biceps. Yes, oh, like, my this God. Is, these are obviously dude arms. It was so blatant. Like, they did not even try to Cause, hide it. Because when, when you were talking right now, I was going to say, like, you know, it's almost as if they just, like, took a dude stunt worker and put a blonde wig on it. But then I remembered. Honestly, a lot of the times I think they, they literally did. did. They literally did it. They yeah. just took a dude... It's uh, not double and put a blonde wig on him. I don't remember which, which episode specifically, but it was um episode where oh, when Buffy gets turned into like a caveman because mm-hmm. of the beer. Yeah. And um yeah. I don't know what happens later, but there's like a building burning down. She goes to save uh Willow and the dude that she fucked for I don't know, one time. I yeah. remember his name, but um yeah, you can like blatantly see it's just a guy in a wig, and then, like, quickly turns back into, like, Caveman Buffy, and you're just like... (sighs) But anyway, something I noticed this time is that... I don't know if it was the same on the first episode. I'm assuming it must have been. The credits go on for a really long time. Mm -hmm. They go on for a really, really long time. I'm like... Oh, yeah, like, like laid over the, uh... Over the regular part of the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, after, you know, they do a cold open, and then they do, like, the little intro... 
and then they have the credits over the over the actual show and those went on for a really long time yeah old older shows used to do that a lot like it would go on for like a really long time because they didn't want to like they didn't want to like interrupt the show too much they didn't want to take up too much time like just showing credits at the very beginning like that'd be a giant waste of time so then they have to put it over top of the show itself but you know you don't want to like just have words running across the screen the entire time either right and so they like they you know space it out a little bit mm-hmm. one name here one name there i remember one time literally being like halfway through a show it was already like 20 minutes through the show and i was still seeing names pop up that's crazy yeah i don't remember what show it was or what episode um i just remember seeing that one time and thinking like wow this it's still rolling the credits sorry about the point um i think that still happens now but i feel like they kind of caught on to the fact that people get distracted because for example in xena they're not very discreet like you know titles on the screen they're kind of big chunky letters and I feel like shows now have, like, tiny letters. Like, they might still go on for a little bit, but the credits are, like, a much smaller font, and they're not as distracting. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, kind of jarring to me. Like, I didn't notice it the first time, and I noticed it this time that, yeah. the, like, she was already... I think it was already at the scene with the... where she's getting, you know, metaphorically fucked by the guy, and the credits are <laughs> So you mean on. when he's taking the arrow out? Yeah, when he's... <laughs> okay. Yeah, so when he's taking the arrow out. No, he first stabs it back in, all the way in, and then he takes it out. Um, but not before breaking off the head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought at least that um, that she had much better chemistry with this actor than with... Uh, Drago? With Drago, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but the way that they introduced the, this new... Oh, no, not this guy. Uh, Gabrielle's love interest in this episode. The way that they introduce him... Um, is a battle where uh, they're just practicing. It's like a practice battle, and they're using staves, and they're standing on top of some kind of, like, pole, like, where you have to balance. The floor is lava again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, is that it seems like they're mimicking what happened in just the previous episode. Maybe it was a thing that, like, people did back then. Like, Like in the 90s? No, wherever this, what whatever time this is set, you said yeah. it was in like the Roman time empire, I don't know. Greek. Greek, Greek, uh-huh. okay, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's the thing that they did to like practice their balance and stuff like that, but yeah, basically it's the floor is lava again. I, I don't know if this is like actually, this is the, the actual intention, but uh, I am going to tell myself that what actually happened in the, in the world of Xena was that like word spread about her battle with Drago and then they thought that was a really cool way to like practice and so by the time the second episode comes around that's like how people practice or at least this group of fighters <laughs> they just adapted a new technique yeah or at least they tried it out it was like a cool new fad they're like wow did you hear about that Xena Drago battle on top of poles I bet we could do that <laughs> Let's it was practice. on top of people, but they're like, whatever, let's just do it well, on top of poles. Well, I mean, that too. But, I mean, <laughs> it was on top of poles and yeah. stuff at first. After she gets stabbed and the guy helps her out, she meets the kids, which she had saved one of the kids, which is why she was there to begin with, why he was helping her. But 
I thought, I don't know if it's just me or if it's just like something I've seen particular, like recently, is, hasn't talked since her mom died a TV trope. Yeah, right? it is. Okay. And it's, it's really annoying. Whenever I see it, I'm like. Okay, cause, because you set it up and you're like, oh, the poor girl hasn't talked since her mom, mom died. And we know by the end of the episode, like, Xena or yeah. the main character is going to make her talk. And you're like, right. oh my gosh, she spoke. Which is what ended up happening, of course. But. The, the worst part about it is that it's always like, it's always really little kids, like four years old or something. Yeah. And, you know, if they haven't been talking since their mom died. And that was, you know, presumably it wasn't yesterday. Right? It's like a thing. Like, wow, she hasn't talked in a really long time. If the kid's only four years old, then, like, was she talking before the mom died? <laughs> like, did she even know how to talk before the mom died? And if not, then, like, how would she have the practice to be able to speak at the end of the episode when she's supposed to be able to speak again? Like, how does she know how to talk if she's four years old and, like, she hasn't talked in a few years? When did she know? When did she ever know how to talk? And why is she suddenly? Why does she suddenly know how to talk? Like Obviously, logically, it's not like no, like possible. And I don't think like a parent dying is that strong of a psychological trauma to someone who's that young. Like I don't think they they would be able to get it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this must have been a thing that like happened in some place somewhere for it to become. A TV trope, you know, like, this is, like, one thing. Like, how can we possibly show that a child is traumatized? Oh, let's have him not speak, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's kind of the only possible thing that they could do with a kid. Especially for, like, a child actor. How are you going to make them express some real emotion? You can't do that. Just, like, just don't say anything at all. You either have to, like, make him actually cry, which is really sad, (laughs) or just pull out this TV trope of, like, oh, they haven't spoken because of ex-traumatic, like, event in their life. I think if you were going to use, like, some... If you were going to use that ever, the most, like, believable scenario would be if the kid was actually, like, 12 or something. Right, yeah, that would make more sense. Because then they could, like, understand the psychological trauma. They would actually be traumatized by it. Going back to the cheesy, campy parts of the show, uh, when she puts on the dress... That belonged to the wife. And there's a very convenient breeze flowing through the window. I thought, I when I saw that, I thought the dress was going to be magical and, like, <laughs> cause Xena to, like, have a different personality or something weird like that. What the hell? But it was just cheesy. It was just a complete cheese factor. A like, random look at how breeze sexy Xena is. The window and makes her look prettier or something. That was really funny. I really thought it was going to be, like, magical. Like, she put it on, and then there was a sudden breeze. It's like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, there might as well have been angels. And... Oh, uh, but when she... Before that, when she's laying in the bed, and then the kids come in, and they start arguing about a horse or something. Right. Um, this is this is about the editing. If you notice, at the end of that scene, right before it cuts away, mm-hmm. uh, she, like, puts her head back down on the pillow, and she, like, lays down. And then she doesn't just lie still. The video actually freezes for like a second. Like they just they just took a still at the end of that and then like stopped it for like half a second. I noticed that. I thought it might have just been like uh That's like good. they put the still in there. 
mm-hmm. to make it a transition into like either a commercial or the next scene. I don't think so because whenever they go to commercial, they fade to black. That's right. It looked bad. So when in the beginning, when Dina's gonna go off to, why does she go to their village to begin with? What was she trying to do? Do you remember? Oh, she, um, her and Gabrielle were hanging out, and, uh, she, like, wanted to go check that there was a river that they could actually cross. Oh. She knew that there was a river. She wanted to go check if they could actually cross it, so that, um, they wouldn't, like, waste their time. So she was gonna, like, go real quick to go check, can we pass this river? And if not, she'll go back, get Gabrielle, and then they would, like, backtrack or something and go around a different way. Now, this is two things about that. Isn't Gabrielle, I don't know if this makes any sense, but isn't Gabrielle supposed to be really good with, like, maps uh-huh. and stuff like that? Yeah, presumably. Presumably. She could, At least she said that. She, she wouldn't it doesn't, know. She's also episode, She's also known for, like, saying whatever she needs to say to get that's by. That's true. I didn't think of that. She could have just said that. She could have just said that. I thought it was something that I was going to be, like, recurring, but I forget that Gabrielle, you know, is just kind of... Habitual liar. Yeah. But, I mean, to get through things, I guess. But um, another thing about that, she left. And obviously, like, she got caught up helping those people at the village. But <laughs> I felt so sad because she left Gabrielle behind. And Gabrielle looked like, like, I don't know if everybody's been through it or just me because my parents, like, worked late sometimes. But, like, when you... When your parents forget to pick you up from school, <laughs> she just gets like left behind at the at the bar or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah I thought it was really funny. She's like, "Oh, she'll be here. She's dependable." I'm like, "Uh, PTSD." <laughs> <laughs> I also noticed in uh, some, I think it's when one of the times that she was talking to uh, Darius. I think is the name of the villager guy. Oh yeah. Uh. Zena, or I guess Lucy Lawless's uh, accent kind of peeks through. Oh, really? You could yeah, hear it? Yeah, you could hear it. It was a very, like, slight thing that I just noticed because I was looking at her mouth specifically. Yeah. And she said a word kind of weird in her mouth, kind of moved weird, and I was like, whoa. Because I think, isn't she, what is she? Like New Zealand or something? Yeah, I think she's from New Zealand, and her little, her accent peeked through for a quick second. Uh, one time when she was talking to... The guy, um, he says something like, "Oh, when they're when they're talking about why the girl doesn't speak anymore, right?" Um, he says, "Not since her mother left." And then, like, he looks at Zena, and he like gives her a look, and then Zena gives him a look back. Like they're not smiling or anything. Zena looks sad, but she, they like give each other a look, and he's like, "Hint, hint." Like you want to be her new mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that during the battles, uh, every time Zena does a front flip. It's actually just, like, they shot it once, and they're going to use it for the rest of forever. Like the angle of the shot is so is such that the background, the only thing you can see in the background is the sky. There's nothing in the background. She does this front flip that's, a, like, a low, upward-looking angle, and she does, like, a front flip, and all you can see behind her is blue sky. Hmm. And I realized that they're going to... that I, We saw it before. I've seen it before when I've watched the show before, and we're going to see it again. And there's that part where uh, Zena wants to take off because the guy was, like, saying that she was a murderer and whatnot. She goes to pick up the thing, and she's like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She makes just, I think it it goes on throughout the show, she makes a lot of weird noises. She makes a a lot of weird noises. (laughs) 
Speaking of weird noises, here's a supercut of all the weird noises that Xena made this episode. Don't forget about me. I won't. Yeah! left at this bar place this creepy threesome wanting guy approaches her he was like the perviest ever but i thought he was the best part of the episode he looked really funny with his eye patch the best part i don't know i just i i don't know i thought his existence was very funny yeah because like yeah, this he is not the like kind a of... weird little rat dude or something <laughs> this know. is not the kind of episode where i would expect for there to be that kind of dynamic of like, hey, I'm hitting on you, like, hey, girl, you know, type of thing. But there, there was, so I thought mm-hmm. that was really funny. Yeah, I think I think that is another thing that happens a lot in the show. <laughs> I feel As, like... Especially like because this episode like has a super serious side, and it has like what Gabrielle is doing is funny. And I think that's like the the layout of the show. Like, she is the comic She is a comic... Yeah, I was going to say that she seems to be comic really for everything, even when it comes down to when they're in battle, like, during the scene with the chariots. Like, Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. she's saying is comic really for this, like, super intense situation where Xena's trying to fight uh, the guy and his dad. Right, like, Xena's driving the chariot and, like, fighting the guy at the same time. And then Gabrielle's like, that's your overbearing father. Yeah, she's just cracking jokes left and right. Right. It's funny. Yeah, so, like, Gabrielle is, I think, the foil to Xena, like, in the way that people talk about foils, I guess, in literature. We should also talk about the twist, quote-unquote, which is that the son finds out from the father that Xena killed her killed his brother oh yeah and i was like oh my god the twist Zena, it's evil <laughs> but he he got another twist when gabrielle told him that the untwist <laughs> yeah <laughs> well uh when gabrielle told him that Zena is the person that he killed oh that's right right because she describes her friend and then oh he because he thought he's that like, he killed oh, her oh i killed her i forgot that he thought that he killed her and when then later he, he sees did. her walk in the room and he's like oh I guess I didn't kill her. So many twists and turns in this episode. <laughs> and then later it's like, oh, she killed my brother. And then it's like, oh, no, she didn't kill my brother. <laughs> my po- my voice has to go up every time there's a new twist. <laughs> that guy was just getting pulled around he in every, really which, every direction the entire episode. He like had how, no idea what was going on. I like that at the end he ends up being like a hippie. He's <laughs> yeah, just he's like, like, peace, man. <laughs> peace, man. There's that scene after they are done fighting... Um, fighting the father and son in the chariot, and they they get thrown out of the chariot uh-huh. with like ten, and they like do ten thousand spins in the air, yeah. and they land get thrown like twenty feet, twenty feet, and they stand up and they're totally fine. Like, whoa, that was weird. They're like <laughs> just like wiping dirt off their shoulders, and they're like, okay, Let's what's battle. next? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you, you guys, <laughs> you just got thrown like twenty feet. <laughs> At least Gabrielle should have been, like, limping or something, but she mm-hmm. was totally okay. Oh, and at the end when uh, Gabrielle and the guy kind of have their little, like, moment of reflection, he's like, hey, Gabrielle, thanks. What I really wanted to happen was for 
Gabrielle to give him her number, but then I realized that that's not possible. And I was like, people didn't have numbers. People didn't have numbers, and I was like, but they're so cute together. I was like, I guess they'll never see each other again. Same goes for like when Zena is like the the guy was like, I hope you find your happiness. The guy was the father of the little kids, mm-hmm. and she's like, I think I already have. I'm just gonna have to leave it for a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's sweet, but also like, how are you ever gonna find them again? <laughs> Well, I mean, she knows where they are. That's true, but what if they She move? could go back, but, I mean, the more important question is why would they ever hire the same actor to, like, come back for... That's you know, true. ...who had a one-time, one-episode contract. Right. I think... Obviously, I think it's because I've only seen two episodes of this show that I don't know how significant the characters that are, like... Like, which characters episode, you Yeah, see. which characters are going to come back at any yeah. point. But I thought it would be neat if, like, at some point later on in the show, which I don't think is going to happen... Uh, she came back and like the kids were older and like she, I don't know, she like trained them or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it would be neat. Well, the guy's still a pacifist, so. That's true, huh? That was like the thing in the village. So I, I doubt the kids will become like warriors or anything like well, that. Well, they were also defiant of that pacifism. That's true. You know, they were like fighting each other and they thought Zeno was super cool, so. Mm-hmm. So they might like go against his wishes and become warriors or something <laughs> at one point. Like, uh, I guess the bad guys lit the silo on fire mm-hmm. with all their food. <laughs> and so uh, he starts throwing water and I was like, what is he trying to save? Like, what did he think? <laughs> and so then I imagined that all the grain became bread because <laughs> <laughs> it was on fire. So it got baked. <laughs> and then I was like, no, it's probably toast. <laughs> when I saw that, the only thing I thought of was, that's a huge fire, and he's trying to put it out with, like, one bucket of water. And I was like, good luck, dude. Yeah, and, like, he throws it on, and, like, it it doesn't do anything. No, it doesn't do anything at all. Oh, and, uh, the son, like, his introduction in the in the episode was him, like, defeating this guy on, like, in some practice battle thing, and, like, you know, and then, like, he defeats his father as well. Like, he knocks the weapon out of his hand, and then, like, that's the way he's introduced, is, like, super badass. But then, like, every other scene, he's, like, a complete pussy. <laughs> That's true. He, 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 like, I think has a lot to do with the kind of twist and turns that he discovers throughout the episode. Right, but he's not, he's not, like, super aggressive and warlike in the entire episode. The entire episode, he's always like, no, nah, I don't want to fight. Oh, look, a girl. Oh, I don't want to fight. Like, Do the it. entire episode. And then... But, like, he, it just completely goes against the way that he was introduced, which I thought was really weird. That's Like, true. he's introduced, like, super, super. aggressive, mm-hmm. and then, like, the entire episode, he's like, no, nah, man. What is the moral of the episode? Because this entire show is, the, the premise is that Xena used to be bad, and now she's trying to be good, and so she's going to learn a whole bunch of things along the way. She's learning how to be a good person. So, it... Kind of seems like it's going in the direction of, like, every episode is going to be, like, a new moral for her to learn or something. Right. Somebody's going to learn something. So what was the moral of this episode? I think that the moral of this episode is that you can, or that it's okay to be cared for and, like, loved. Because in the beginning, Gabrielle is telling her the thing about the tree and, like, you know, maybe you'll, someday you'll find your tree. Like, you don't have to be... Independent. Independent all the time. Yeah. And 
she meets this man and his family and she kind of like falls in love with them and she kind of gets a little taste of what it might be like to be loved and cared for through this man and so at the end I think she does that I think that was her um despite everything else that happened in the episode that was her kind of arc in this episode was in the beginning she didn't really care for having a significant other or having any other people other than Gabrielle to care for her and at the end she kind of goes through that experience and says like hey maybe this wouldn't be so bad obviously I doubt she'll end up with that guy I Mm -hmm. really don't think she will I don't know I haven't seen a show but I feel like I feel like he does teach her that lesson and that's something that she learns from that situation so how would you rate this episode I would probably give it since my only point of reference is the last episode, I think it was better than the last episode, so I would say I'd give it like an 8 out of 10 chakrams. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I thought it was more entertaining the last episode. And the story, because the first episode was very much like introduction and saying like this is uh, Xena's mission of redemption is kind of like the whole theme of the whole the theme of the whole show. I like that in this episode she had an arc and it kind of we saw her go through it and she started in point A and she ended in point B. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really liked it. Like it wasn't just like the beginning of something with no middle or end. Right. Right. I mean it had its own middle and end, but it was kind of like this is obviously trying to go somewhere. Yeah. And this episode was more self-contained. It was yeah, it was self-contained and I feel like that's something that they can probably do a lot in this show because it is Xena and Gabrielle traveling, and so they get there and they leave. You know, yeah. at the end of the episode, they leave, and so it's kind of like a little self-contained story. But Xena learned a lesson mm-hmm. that was different than her overall kind of lesson of redemption. Right. I would I would give it maybe six uh, burning food silos out of ten burning food silos. <laughs> Just because, like, you know, there's there's a constant, uh, you know, two-sidedness of, like, Xena's gloomy and Gabrielle is, you know, comic relief. And I felt like it sat, this episode sat a little heavier on the gloomy side. And not to, not to, like, a great, not to great emotional effect, you know? Like, it sat on the gloomier side, but it didn't do, like... A great job of making me feel anything for the characters, you know? Mm. I didn't, like, wow, this is a really hard situation. Or, like, whoa, she's having a lot of feelings and stuff. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, she's gloomy or something. She's, like, wishing she... I I guess she was... Like, I I didn't care about the thing, you know, that she was dealing with. And so I wish there was either more like, connection happening on the Xena side, or else more Gabrielle side showing so that we could at least laugh more at this episode. That's all we have for this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Xena Podcast. And if you have any questions or comments for us, you can email us at xenapodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you come back for Season 1, Episode 3. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.